to read the scripture reading now. It's from 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 1 to 9. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sostenus, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be holy, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way, in all your speaking and in all your knowledge, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, is faithful. And today's message is being the church. And I'd like to introduce... Reverend Graham Holling. Thank you, Graham. Yes, the message is about the church, about being the church and what it means. And so even in this symbol here, this symbolic drawing, you'll notice a group of people and they are, of course, focused on the centre person who is Jesus Christ. And so um, we're looking at what it means to be the church. You are the church. People are the church. Believers belong to the church. They make up the church. And so what does it mean and who are we? What is our identity as being the church? And this is based on 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 2 in the very introduction of Paul to the church at Corinth. Look, sometimes it's very difficult to remember a sermon, isn't it? By the time Monday morning comes, so here's three words. Three words. One is identity, the next is purity, and the other is community. And then this morning I thought, I can think of another three words to remember this sermon. Uh, the, three, the three start with a C. Your calling your character and your communion or your community. And so, what comes to mind? What comes to mind when you think about church? For instance, the church needs painting. Well, of course, we use that word as a, as a, as a, uh, just a building. Uh, it could mean uh, you've moved and you're going to a new church. It's the local community church. So it's, it's, a, it's the local congregation. You've joined them. And then it's a service of worship. After the church, we're going home. And then, of course, it could mean the Baptist church is expanding in western Queensland. It, it could be the whole of the denomination And I can remember in the late 70s and the early 80s the very rapid expansion of the Wesleyan Methodist Church here in Queensland. 
if you can remember something of the history of your church. And then, of course, we can refer to the church as the whole church over the whole world. The church in Africa, in, in the developing countries, is expanding while we're declining in the West. So, here's the letter that Paul wrote, and this is his introduction. To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be holy, together with all those everywhere who, on the name of the, who call on the name of the Lord, our, our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. And if you look at that verse, if you can see it, there could be three segments, three ways you could break it up. And that's why I said, well, there's an identity here. And then the next part is uh, the purity or the character of the church. And the last part has to do with the community, the community, the communion of the church. <clears throat> Here's a story. This is a story about President George Bush Sr. He's visiting a nursing home. He's going about um, sort of... Well, speaking to the residents in this nursing home, of course, he's got the press with him, he's got his own entourage of, of helpers and assistants, and, of course, he's got the officials of the nursing home with him, and he comes to an old lady and he says, do you know who I am? And she looks at him and she then says, no, but if you ask at the desk, they'll tell you. <laughs> well, there you are. Identity. We do not want to forget who we really are. Who are we when we say we belong to the church? Well, our identity is first of all a calling. And if you see that, well, identity is a specific person or thing. And of course, we are a specific organisation. We are the church of God. That's our calling. That's our identity. That's your identity. You've been called by God to belong to him. And this word, uh, this word church in the Greek is ecclesia. And it's a wonderful word. If you look at it, it's in two parts. The first part is ek, which means out of. And the second part is klesis, which is a calling. And so... You and I have been called by God into the body, the company of believers, to belong to him. We are people of God. This is our identity. This is who we are. Through Jesus Christ, God has called us out of unbelief. He has called us out of our sinfulness. He has called us out of a state of condemnation. He has called us to know him, to experience him as real in our lives, to know his forgiveness and reality and presence. So, this church that we're thinking of, it's a gathering together of the Christians. It's a company of professing believers. Sometimes it's a small congregation, other times it's a huge whole company. 
You might join us at the Seniors Weekend Away at the Mount Tambourine Convention. In 2019, there were 350, 350 seniors gathering together. It was a great company. Or it could mean the whole company of redeemed people. Right throughout this world, this very day, people are worshipping as we are. They've been called out by God to belong to him. When you look at this company of, uh, of bike, bike riders, you'll see, of course, <clears throat> that uh, they are a distinctive group of people, well recognised because of their love for their motorcycles, the particular way they dress, and we might even say their particular lifestyle. They are different from others. They possess a bond between themselves, of course. And that's how I want us to think of ourselves as the church. We are a distinctive group of people, believers, who in a distinctive and dynamic relationship with Jesus Christ. And we're, of course, distinctive people because of our calling by God. Here's what Peter said. He backs up what Paul has written to the church at Corinth. When he writes to the church, Peter says to them, you are a chosen people. A chosen people. You're called. God has chosen you. How magnificent that is. How awe-inspiring that God has chosen you, has called you. Come to me, he says. Have faith in me. Know me. Experience my reality in your life. A royal priesthood, that refers that we can serve him. Every person within the church belonging to God can serve him. A holy nation a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Now that's how Peter describes us, the church. Here's the second part. Purity, purity, or the word sanctity, the character of the church. To the church of God, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus... And called to be holy. This is the church. This is us. This is you. It is because of him, that is God, that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. Wisdom from God. That is, this Jesus Christ is our righteousness, our holiness, and some translations would say sanctification and redemption. This is an important word, this sanctification, this holiness. What it's saying to us is that the character of the church is the character of the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. And this holiness, being holy... 
is being separated for God. That, that's the, in Christ Jesus, we have our redemption. We are declared righteous. We are justified. It's a status or a status given to us. Our position, because of being in Christ, having a faith relationship with Christ, means that we are right with God. You are right with God because of you being in faith in Jesus Christ. So, this is the character of the church. And we will come to the next part. If I could get this here. A work in progress. Our status, our position is that we are a holy people. In Jesus Christ, we are sanctified. We are right with God. That is what happens when we trust in Jesus Christ. There's no longer any condemnation. You are free from your sins. In Jesus Christ. Not of course of our own, well, anything to do with us. It's not to do with us. It's to do with what Jesus Christ has done for us and accomplished on the cross. But our sanctification has a progress it's to be developed. And that's what this is saying. You are a work in progress because, because God is working in and through our lives. Through Christ we're sanctified, but the holiness of our life, the consecration to God, is a work in progress. The challenge of the church... Sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be holy, called to be saints. Well, look, the word saints in the New Testament refers to all of the believers, the ordinary people who belong to the church. Wasn't something special about some special person recognised for some, some service that they gave to the church? No, the saints, called to be holy, were the everybody within the church. We are called Saints. Of course, there's a challenge for us. We need to show the difference. Bear with me. Be wise. Be wise in the way you act towards others who are not believers, making good use of every opportunity you have. Or, in another way of saying it, let your conversation always be full of grace seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone what difference do we show in our character in our conduct in our conversation every, every day of the week because we belong to God we are the church ok here's the third word community or fellowship. We are having fellowship now because we are worshipping together. We're later going to have, well, we weren't frolicking. Is that the word? 
We're not going to be frolicking, but we'll be sharing, we'll be sharing fellowship by eating together. Sometimes we get together for a special project, we have fellowship working together because we are community. Together with all those who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Community, a number of people having common ties or interests. If I stopped and said to you, we're going to have a Bible study now, and they're going to ask you, what are the common ties or interests that bind us together as a church? We might use other words. We might say, what are the common beliefs, the common doctrines, the common faith that we share that binds us together? Fellowship. A society of people having common interests living under the same laws and regulations. These laws and regulations are, of course, are biblical principles, biblical values, biblical priorities for us. I think I'll give up on that. Community. Community. Well... How do we get along with each other within this community? Let's come back on. Thank you. How do we get along with each other? Do I love fellow members of the church? Do I practice the fruit of the Spirit? Do I strengthen the fellowship of this congregation, of this church that I belong to? Do I feel as though I belong to this church? Do I identify with it? This is the challenge that we have in being the church. But I want to go back to how, how do we work this out, loving one another and strengthening each other? To be honest, it's, it's with difficulty, isn't it? There's a challenge for us. Here we are, bound together from our different backgrounds, with our different personalities, with our different degrees of faith and service and understanding and maturity. How are we to get on together? Look, there's, there's, there's a wonderful passage in Corinthians, which is called the love chapter. Love is patient, love is kind, are you familiar with that? Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, that is, it's not jealous, it does not boast, in other words, you're not conceited, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking or selfish, it is not easily angered or irritable, it does not keep a record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Now, Paul is writing to the church. We, we have this passage of scripture quite often at a, a wedding ceremony. It's chosen there many of a time. Love is patient and kind and thoughtful. But really, it applies to the church. It applies to us living together within the community of the church and what that means. What a challenge. Just as well we've got the grace of God at work in our life, just as well we've got the Holy Spirit empowering us and helping us to overcome our prejudices or I don't really like that person. 
That doesn't matter. We're expected to love them. What a challenge when it belongs. In conclusion, in conclusion. Well, there's a challenge for us, isn't it? You're welcome at our church. Here we share the love of Jesus. Three words. Our identity. The calling of the church. To the church of God in Corinth. Or at Caboolture. To the church of God in Caboolture. The Wesleyan Methodists who are calling themselves the Hope Wesleyan Methodist Church. That's their identity. That's their calling. What does it mean for you and me to belong to the church? And then, the third thing is our purity or our sanctity, our sanctification. How am I living out holiness, being a holy person, through Christ's saving work in me? And then, of course, community together with all those everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Do I love my fellow members? Do I practice the fruit of the Spirit? Do I strengthen the congregation's communion or fellowship? God is helping us. He's doing a work in us. It's progressive. It's ongoing. We're maturing. He's developing us because he's at work in his church. 